it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And uh, we have a game to talk about. We have an upcoming game to talk about. It is our first one that is in the season. So this is exciting. We have a lot we can get to. Uh, for you guys, this is where we answer all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, head on over there. If you have a question for us, you can leave it in the comment section of the live video. As we give people a chance to do that, Scott, I just wanted to hear some of your initial takeaways, things that stood out to you from that week one game. Well, the defense looked like it was uh, it was picking up where it left off last year. To hold Drew Brees and, and the Saints to 270 total yards, I think maybe 5 of 13 on third downs. Michael Thomas had three catches for 17 yards, and I think we should talk about Carlton Davis at some point. What an outstanding game he played against him. Uh, they The Saints averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, you know, the difference, obviously, was the mistakes and the turnovers, which has been the case and was obviously the, the narrative that we wanted to change this year, and I still think it will change. It just didn't change in the first game. Uh, the offense, I think, I think it's been said by – I think it was actually said by Tom Brady before the game that this is going to be a bit of a work in progress, figuring out what works best, getting everybody on the same page, everybody sort of gelling together, and I don't think they're there yet. And if you look at the teams, there were five teams that – uh, this first week that had a quarterback starting that wasn't on the team last year, and only one of those teams won. That was the Patriots with Cam Newton. And, and I think you're seeing what a lot of people thought would happen. We've talked about it. There's great continuity on our defense, but some, even with the greatest quarterback of all time, you're still starting something new. And without any preseason, without any offseason, without any scrimmages with other teams or anything, it stands to reason that it might take a little while to gel. I don't think that's what they wanted. I, and, you know, you saw that first drive straight down the field. And you thought, this is going to work. This is perfect. It wasn't perfect. And there's some things to work out. And, um, you know, hopefully in the long run, we're going to see what we expected to see. Right. And we actually, it was funny you brought up Carlton. The very first one of the, the questions that we had is Esai was asking, so how good did Carlton Davis do? So um, let, let it, let's just talk about what, what kind of a performance you saw from him, the growth, and, and just how now the confidence moving forward, knowing this is the guy who does tend to cover the number one wide receiver on the other team. It's right there in the, it's right there in the stat sheet. I mean, Michael Thomas had three catches for 17 yards. That's his second lowest output ever. It ties the lowest receptions he's ever had in the game. I mean, this is a guy that catches 10 balls a game every game. He had 149 catches last year, uh, 17 yards. That's his second lowest ever. Um, Carlton was following him. He was, I was watching. He was, you don't always do this with Carlton Davis, but coach Arian said during the, during training camp, when asked about, do the Bucks have a guy, do they want to develop a guy that can be a, a shutdown corner that you, if you choose to in any particular game, put him on a, 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 the other team's top receiver and follow him around. He can really contain him. And he said, we already had that guy. He's Carlton Davis. He also said at one point, Carlton Davis is a top 10 cornerback in the league. And what, what Davis did really was prove that that wasn't hyperbole. It sounded a bit like hyperbole at the time, even though he said it very matter of factly, you're like, wait a minute, he's already one of the 10 best cornerbacks in the league in, in Bruce Arians mind. Uh, clearly that's not his reputation coming into the season because he wasn't a pro bowler last year. And there were more than 10 cornerbacks that made it to the pro bowl. I think his reputation is going to have to catch up with how good he is at this point, because he showed it. I mean, if, if there was one thing that stood out to me in that game, it's, it's that Carlton Davis is really good. Yeah. And I think that he is one of the people that will benefit from the added national attention, more of the primetime games that, you know, we all talked about that for like guys like Levante, 
where we have known for years and years and years what they're doing on the field and outside of Tampa Bay, we just didn't think people were giving them the credit. I think Carlton could be one of those people that benefits as well, that when you're playing, you know, in the game of the week against someone like Michael Thomas, where people are going to know what it means for you to limit him, like that's a very evident example that'll help people understand exactly how well he's been playing. Uh, Dustin asked, what is Shady's fantasy projection considering what we saw week one? So I always love when we get the fantasy questions, but this actually is perfect because I wanted to talk about the running back group overall and how you saw them be deployed, the different split of the workload, and overall how you see that potentially changing as especially guys like Leonard Fournette get a chance to be in this offense more, get more adjusted and ready to play maybe some more snaps. Yeah, I don't think I'd be starting LaShawn McCoy in fantasy football right now. Not to say he couldn't have a big game, but uh, you would need things to break right, I think. And I did, um, I did have a little bit of a, of a thought after the game of, well, I don't remember seeing LaShawn McCoy very much, and I thought he was going to be basically the second guy. Um, but then I looked at the, the play-by-play, and he was in for 36 plays or 30 – something like 25, 36% of the plays, which is a, it's a pretty big amount when you're not the starting running back, uh, much more than Leonard Fournette had. Leonard Fournette was only on the field for nine plays. The, the thing was, on those nine plays, he had five carries and a catch. So when we put him on the field, we clearly intended to use him. I assume, and I know to some extent that what, what LaShawn McCoy was doing was what we thought. He was going to be the third, the primary third down back um, with with Ronald Jones being for your first and second down guy, with the exception of the fact that we kept getting in third and ones and they kept using um, Ronald Jones on third and ones and it worked. But I think in longer third and ones, we were using LaShawn. It's just that he only had one pass thrown to him. He didn't have any handoffs, so it didn't seem like he played very much. And if you're from a fantasy standpoint, if you're trying to rely on a third down back in a three-person backfield, you're, you're, you're probably rolling the dice a little bit to expect much out of that. Um, Leonard Fournette, clearly they wanted to use him. He, he's the guy that's getting the carries when Ronald Jones isn't on the field. And I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, you know, the numbers don't jump off at you. He was five carries for five yards, but he did have a nice six yard run. He had a nice 14 yard catch. And I think several times he lost yards on plays where Tom Brady audibled and it's possible he just didn't really know the audibles very well yet. And, and there were some blocking issues up front, to be honest with you. So I thought he looked like he ran well, but the numbers aren't very good. And Delvin asked, uh, will the O-line be able to give Tom the protection he needs, especially considering he's not a more mobile quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit on and off in that game. There were some bad moments. Uh, I thought there were plenty of plays, though, where he had an, enough time to throw. Um, you know, I think Coach uh, didn't shy away from the fact that he didn't think it was Donovan Smith's best game. Um, and I know our guys think Donovan Smith is very good and is capable of having dominant games. So they don't think that – one bad game means he's a problem on the line. It was just a bad game. Uh, I expect Donovan Smith to play a lot better beginning this week. And, and yeah, I think we've got the guys up front that can protect Tom Brady for sure. And Tristan, Wirfs, Tristan Wirfs was pretty good. So that was actually the next question. Richard had asked, how do you rate uh, Tristan Wirfs play in his first game? And I mean, not only is it a first game for a rookie on a weird off season, but he's having to go against Cam Jordan. I mean, it's, that's, that's quite a welcome to the NFL start. Yeah, here comes my shameless plug. Um, Jeff Ryan and I had Tristan on our Salty Dogs podcast, which just came out. Um, so you can listen to him talk about what he thought about his game. And, and uh, you know, Jeff, we, I asked him how he thought he did, and he, was, uh, he thought he did pretty well. And then Jeff's like, come on, man, did you watch the film? What did the film say? And he still felt pretty good about it. So 
and he seems like a pretty straightforward guy. So if, if he thinks he did fairly well, Bruce Arians said yesterday, or maybe Monday, I guess, that um, he thought Tristan Wirfs did pretty darn good, especially for a rookie um, with, who didn't have any preseason games or any sort of warmups. And he's like you said, he's thrown in, hey, go block Cam Jordan, you know. So um, I think it was a pretty good debut for him, and that's very encouraging. And another rookie that we were excited to see the debut is Antoine Winfield Jr. And Brody had asked, was it just me or was Winfield Jr. flying around like a young Lynch? I think that's what he does. I think he flies around. I think he covers a lot of ground out there. Um, wow, like a young John Lynch? Uh, I don't know if that's a direct comparison. I mean, I think John played a lot more around the line of scrimmage a lot more than we are having Antoine Winfield do. That's more of a Jordan Whitehead kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, he looked like he was flying around for sure. I think, I think that's what the, the coaches love about him. I think that's why he's starting. I mean, he, he finds the ball and he, he, he's really, he moves around very well. Yeah. He was, he was real close to that interception in the end zone. That would have been a heck of a way to start your career and a, and a heck of a play right there. It's, it's, it's great to see him get their hands on the ball, but he was just, it was like, Oh, just so close right. to that first interception. Uh, Daniel had asked, do you guys think Will Golston is going to have a great year? He seemed to play really well this last yeah. week. He did play well. I think he had like seven tackles, which is really a lot for a down lineman in this defense. Lots of times those guys are just occupying blockers and, and Devin White and Levante David are cleaning up all the tackles. But he, had a, he showed up quite a bit. He had that one play where he got the guy in the backfield and he just basically was unblocked. Uh, so he made the most of that opportunity. Um, he is a guy that, and we talked about this last year, this really worked out well for him that Todd Bowles came here because he was drafted in the, in the, one of the Shiano years and the defense that, that we were running then is very similar, even though it was called a four, three, and this is called a three, four, it's very similar to what we're running now in terms of what they asked the down linemen to do. And he was drafted specifically to fill that role. So basically he's filling a role that, that he was made for. And he's, he was saying on Monday, I think, that he's – or maybe yesterday, that he's, you know, worked to get his body in the, the, the right size that they want for this role. And I think he's just in a really good spot. It's a good defense for him. He wants to rush the – he wants to get more, more pressure on the passer. He says that every time he's involved in one of these Zoom calls, and hopefully that happens. But simply what he's doing already in terms of stopping the run is, is fantastic. Uh, Charlie brought up what a uh, great game Scotty Miller had and how uh, he's wondering if he could have a potential breakout year this year, just overall the, uh, the role that Scotty could play. Yeah, I got invited on a podcast a week or two ago. And at the end, they surprised me with the who's your hidden, hidden hero question. Pick somebody on the roster that people might not be talking about that could have a big year. And, and he was my choice. And, and I mean, I'm not saying that's a crazy prediction because he got a lot of very positive uh, press during training camp, but we're talking about is he an effective third receiver or is he a guy if he gets six or seven hundred yards on a defense that's I'm on an offense that's already loaded with all these other weapons, I think that's a huge breakout. And he started off great. He got 70 yards. So uh, that's easily, yeah, he would easily get to six or seven hundred yards if he gets 70 yards a game. He's not gonna get 70 yards a game, but I could see him having a lot of games like this. I think he looks he's a little bit bigger, and I think he I think he's just really confident now. You know, I mean, he came in as a sixth round draft pick three or four weeks before the draft. He didn't even think he was going to get drafted. Nobody was talking about him. And then all of a sudden he's drafted. He's thrown in a couple games as the third receiver. He came from Bowling Green, not the biggest program, you know, and and I, he didn't say this. Don't get me wrong. He didn't say this, but it wouldn't be surprising if it was a little big for him the first year. And he's not the biggest guy by NFL standards. And uh, this year, I just think he looks like a real NFL receiver out there. I, I, I'm really high on Scotty Miller. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Matt had asked, Devin White looked uh, bigger and faster than last year. What's his ceiling this season? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anybody saying he, he bulked up at all. He's already a pretty big dude and already very fast. Um, if he looked faster, maybe it's just simply what, and this is what he says, that he has a better feel for the, the defense now, knows what he's supposed to do. And so you, all the guys say this. When you get to know the system better, you can play with reactions and instincts rather than having to think about it, and that makes you a faster player. I think his ceiling this year would be a pro bowler. You know, he was the rookie of the month in the NFL, in the NFL defensive rookie of the month the last two years. Last year, you could really see him coming on. And uh, this defense gives him the opportunity to make a whole lot of plays. So, you know, he, he set his goal before the year of five interceptions. That's a lofty goal for an inside linebacker, but we'll see if he gets some number of sacks and interceptions, I could see him getting some pro bowl buzz, partly because what you were saying earlier, more people are watching the Buccaneers now and they're going to see this. He had a good game. 27 million people were watching. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we had multiple comments and questions in a row about the tight ends uh, Daniel had asked if Gronk's going to be more involved in the passing game. Bill said it seemed like OJ is Brady's favorite tight end. And uh, look, uh, let's see, somebody had asked about if uh, where was Brady. It seemed like I only saw him in on one play. So let's kind of just yeah. combine all those together. Tight ends, go. <laughs> yeah, Cam was, uh, I think Cam, I can look at it here real quick, but I think Cam was on the field for nine plays. So it did, yeah, the game plan didn't really go his way um in the first game but uh you'll see some cam braid along the way um he's just too he's just too good of a player i'm looking at the sheet here yeah he was on for nine plays um oj howard was on the field for uh 37 plays and gronk was on for 54 plays which was 77 percent. so he's the guy i guess gronk's your default in in like 11 personnel when you only have one tight end. And then when you go to two, it's, it's usually OJ. At least it was in the first game. I, I wouldn't argue with the fact that OJ might be Tom Brady's favorite tight end right now. I can see that. He, they hooked up well in training camp. And, you know, we know he's a talented guy. And he's in the prime of his career. You know, Rob Gronkowski is, you know, hopefully still an efficient weapon for us this year. But Howard's the guy that's in the prime of his career right now. So I can see that being the case. You know, I don't think we can judge this on one game. I know Gronkowski only had two catches, something like 11 yards, but Tom Brady did look for him on that one play down the seam that didn't work out. So they're still going to try to hit some big plays with him. It's just, we need to see three or four games before we can really say, this is how the Titans are going to be used. This is how the running backs are going to be used. This is Tom Brady's favorite target, et cetera. You know what I'm okay. saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we got some evidence, but one game isn't enough. Yeah, larger sample size will definitely make that more accurate. You never know for one game what the what the plan was versus compared to normal. Well, that's going to yeah. do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks to all of you guys for joining in. Thanks for all those great questions. We will be back here next week to talk about that first home game against the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see you then. Uh -huh.